and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hi everyone, welcome, welcome again to another episode of the Flying Changes Mindset and Performance podcast slash live Q&A. Um, I'm Jenny Winterleach and I'm delighted today to welcome Emma Trace of Perlin's Massage. Hi Emma. Hiya. Welcome. Um, so Emma, tell us a little bit about what you do and what brings you onto our show today. So I am, I'm a horse owner, I, I compete at kind of a riding club level, but I'm also an equine sports massage therapist. Um, I also do treat people and horses as well. So it kind of keeps keeps me busy um but it, that's, that's me and my my business cool so you work with the bodies of the horses and the humans awesome and uh, and like many of us you're a leisure rider you enjoy your riding but actually you are a professional within the field and then you get to enjoy your riding as the fun part yes <laughs> so how did you end up being a massage therapist and indeed being in Somerset isn't it that you are now because that's not where yep, you used I'm to be is it no, so I'm, I'm originally, I grew up in Surrey, um, and I've always, like, when I was a young teenager, I kind of always had horses, worked with horses, and then kind of in my early 20s, I had to go and get a proper job, um, so decided and found a job, an office job, which is really close to my horse. It wasn't my main passion, but it was a job, um, and it was a really enjoyable job. I had for 12 years, um, but I always wanted to get back into the equestrian industry and just it took me a while to find my path about where I wanted to be. And actually, it was really thanks to my older horse, um, Badger. Um, and it probably was originally probably started the journey of kind of changing, looking to change career. About kind of eight to ten years ago, um, I took him to a horse show. We did showing um, and we kind of stepped up a level and a judge rode him who and who was a man. Um and all the time at kind of lower level showing, it would have been a, a light woman. And the, a man got on. He was a bit heavier than me. And I realised that once we kind of got home, he didn't do very well on the show, that he wasn't quite right through the back. I went to go and get a physiotherapist out to check him out. Um, and he completely freaked out during um, the treatment. Um, and which the physiotherapist left. And, did, and I said, like, what do I need to do? And she said, I think in a tongue in cheek way, said, you need to go and train to be a massage therapist, because I can't touch your horse. Um, and I kind of went, okay, and then I discussed it with my vet. Um, and he agreed that actually sports massage therapists, there aren't that many in the area, and it's a really good career. So I started my journey of investigating. Um, there was, there are hundreds of courses online, that you can go, well, not online, but you in your Google that you can find. Um, and eventually I found a course which um, was recommended by the Equine Sports Massage Association. And it was down in Somerset, which is coincidentally where I do live now, but that's a completely another story. Um, and I went and I spoke to the woman who ran the course and her name was Mary Bromley. At the time of speaking to her, I had no idea how influential she was in the equine industry. It was probably after I put down the phone and started kind of doing a bit more research into her, did I realise what a phenomenal woman she was. Um, I couldn't start her course straight away as I needed a human qualification. So I then set about trying to find the equivalent of Mary Bromley um, in the human world to get my sports massage qualification for people. Um, and thankfully, living in Surrey, you were quite easy to find good commuter, commuter links and loads of courses on sports massage. 
Um, and up after lots of searching and going on some taster weekend courses on massage, um, I came across the London School of Sports Massage, um, which is headed up by a man called Mel Cash. Um, and he's another phenomenal guy who's quite revolutionary in the sports massage industry, which is now kind of more known as the soft tissue therapy. Um, and I spent pretty much every weekend for the for 12 months traveling up to Regent's Park um, and training in sports massage on people. And, and I and I had to really literally go back to like back to anatomy from when I was when you were at school. And that was the last time I studied. And I was 30. 34 35 when I, when I started studying and it had been a long time since I'd kind of picked up a textbook um and I just I trained with I trained with trained with them at the London School of Sports Massage for the year um thankfully I passed straight away because I only had a six-week gap before I started my course with Mary and then I went on down to Somerset um throughout the well, side in the summer and then finished in the winter at the end of the winter so I kind of did every season pretty much traveling down the A303 over Exmoor um, and learning with her, which was huge learning curve because as a horse owner, you think you kind of know everything, but literally studying and learning with her, it was like literally stripping everything back and starting again. And it was amaz amazing. My brain was a little bit fried at points, but it was amazing. Um, and after, after qualifying in my head, I hadn't really thought about what I was going to do next because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to pass because it had been so long since I'd studied. So in my head, I was like, oh, no, it's I'm going to um, just see what happens. And this, it could be my career and I could be not because I was I would think I was so stuck in the office routine. Um, but a little bit of frustration from my husband, he said, you can do this. Um, and after about three months of qual after qualifying, I decided to take a massive plunge and leave a job which I'd been in for probably 11 years massive kind of easy easy comfortable job that I could do with my eyes closed I was a sales rep and I sold shampoo and shower gels to the hotels around the country and there was a lot of driving and there was a lot of pressure from reaching some really high targets um, but it was my comfort zone so I had to really step out and rebrand myself as not Emma, the salesperson, as Emma, the equine sports massage therapist, um, and go go with it. And I and initially I started off just doing the horses and and not really focusing too much on the pe the people side. And then slowly, slowly, once I became more confident about kind of talking to people, then I would I kind of then opened it up more. Even though I've been qualified longer, um, to the human side as well. So and so then I ran a mixed practice, um in Surrey and Surrey and Sussex um a few things kind of changed in our lives and we decided that I we I am quite a shy person and sometimes I want to get my horse on a livery yard as being a professional I sometimes felt I just wanted to kind of sometimes just be like a little quiet and have my own little bit little, little bit of time to myself and I really said to my husband like well when I actually first met him when we were 23 he was like oh what's your goals and I said oh I want to have my horses at home and he, I think he thought I was crazy because he was like, why would you want to have your horse at home? He now gets it. And we decided um, probably about four years ago that we were going to try and buy a house with land. Um, we first we, we started looking at houses in Surrey and realised that um, houses in Surrey are mega expensive if you want to have horses. 
Um, and then we also decided that we didn't know. I said it was my dream, but you don't know whether you actually want want the dream. So um, we decided that we we're going to try and rent somewhere. So we rented a small house down in um, near Petworth in Sussex, and we stayed there for eighteen months just to make sure it was what we wanted and we could we could deal with it. Because you know, being on my own, being on our own, there's no livery yard owner to say, "Oh yes, if you if you're if you're not back and it's still dark, I'll bring your horse in." There was no, I didn't have any of that support. So we rented a house for eighteen months. Absolutely loved it realized that um, two horses and six acres was way too much for us to manage because we ended up having to um, mow, mow the fields and rake the fields from, from, the, um, from the grass um, to make sure that sure the horses didn't have too much. Um, and then we kind of always joke that when we get old, we would love to go, go move down to the West Country. And that's where I originally from as a, as a small child, I was born in Devon. Um, and then we just kind of had this conversation we're like should we just do it now should we just go now and so we, we started looking on google and um and making sure that first world issues were um sorted for us like is there good wi-fi have you got is there you know can you get tv reception is there good hacking and um, we can't we and we decided to we'd look at somerset um because we still got our family in, in in surrey um so to come so to commute devon's that extra hour so um, we we thought on Somerset, looked at a couple of houses, and then we found one house, which I think I'd seen about three or four years ago and still hadn't sold and the price was produced. So we moved, we went down to Somerset for the day, didn't tell anybody, um, and walked into the village. We wrote, we wrote, we rocked up a bit early because you never know how long it's going to take to get down to places. Um, we walked into the village shop just to grab a drink before we went to see the property. and. There was a lovely guy behind the counter and we said, oh, we're looking at this house and can you tell us about it? And literally, I think he could sell you anything. He literally sold us the village of it being really, really friendly. Um, so we literally saw the house. I think we'd pretty much already made our minds up that the hacking was good, there was good Wi-Fi um, and we we made an offer and four months later we moved to moved to Somerset um, and I always tell the guy in the village that he was the one who sold it to us. Amazing wow what just that's such a lovely story and you know I think so many people can resonate with that uh, uh, they're at some point in that journey they might still be in the job that they don't really want to be doing and they've got the dream or they might be now doing the thing they want to do but actually thinking well I wouldn't mind my horses at home or they might have their horses at home now and they've done it and I think there's a lot of people that are with you at some stage on that on that awesome journey and so of course to have done things like that it would have taken a lot of courage a lot of you know ups and downs and challenges and skills so what would you say has been your biggest challenge on that journey and we haven't even got to like today's bit yet but we're, we're nearly there you know what's been your greatest challenge do you think um oh sorry I'm moving away um my the greatest challenge is probably just actually making it achievable because if you think all right and today I've got a really good stable job and now and tomorrow and I know what I'm gonna I know what I earn every month and every now and again I get a bonus and then you go oh and next month my income is zero because I need to go and create create it that was probably the the biggest challenge was thinking how how am I going to do this and I always remember um, before I moved in with my now husband, Paul, um, I, was at a, I was at a yard and I was talking to her, when you're mucking out, you just talk to someone in the next door stable. And she's really, and 
she probably doesn't even know this but she's probably like she's just like one of these kind of people who she she does everything she does it she's had a bad time then some things go bad some things go wrong but she always kind of has the same attitude and I was saying I don't I was like I don't know how I'm going to afford to move out of home have a horse and move in with with Paul and we're going to move into a flat and it's going to cost this much and then she was like if you want something bad enough you'll you'll achieve it and that is always like if anything happens and I can't and I can't figure out how to do it I always go back to what did Amanda say and like, yeah Amanda said if, if you want something bad enough um you always find a way to achieve it and I do have to break things down and sometimes it does like sometimes you have to put your hand up and it goes wrong um but if you yeah if you want something bad enough you can achieve it yeah brilliant and I think also um that that ties in with the thing that I'm always saying which is make your dream so big that the challenges you've got to overcome to get there you know you just do them because you, you're so desperate for that thing that you want at the end of it that you just keep overcoming the hurdles yeah so for you, what was the dream was it the having your horses at home was that the dream or was there something else to it no the dream was having was having the horses at home that was I just always wanted my horse I don't know I always wanted my horse at home um I am quite a shy person so sometimes I do find being on a livery yard a bit overwhelming and I think that was the case of when I became like a when I became like a professional um, in the equestrian industry, that I just didn't want to be kind of dragged into kind of any um, livery yard chats, and I wanted to just and I and I and I hate kind of any confrontation. So to be on my own and just have my own time was was me. So what would you say then? There's been a lot of learning along your journey, and I mean literal learning, like you know how to become an equine sports massage therapist, for instance, but. What would you say that your biggest learning that you turned into your greatest asset has actually been? My biggest learning is probably that. Um, it's, oh, that's a difficult one. I would say that biggest the biggest learning is having to having the courage to go and relearn stuff because I didn't like. I went to school. I was a really really horsey child, and I didn't do that. I didn't do that well at school. Um, because because I, I didn't have the confidence to kind of push myself at that little bit too far. Um, so then, you know, like a long time after school, going back and relearning, that was the that was probably the hardest thing of actually and actually being willing in my head to go, yeah, I can do this. I can I can do this. It, it's it, it is achievable. And once I kind of break, out, yes, I can do it. And then you get your homeworks and you just like literally everything you, everything you have, you just have to. I just like literally break everything down um and it's okay I do have to have I do have to write things down um and I and I have to write it on paper I can't like write it on the computer because if I write and if I write something to learn on, on the computer like work write it in word and it's something it's something I have to learn it just gets lost as a file so it has to be I have to do visual learning is my visual or hands-on but I, if it has to be typed onto a computer I won't remember it cool and um <clears throat> what what would you say then has been like the thing you wish you'd known when you started back then when you when you'd done your training and you went actually I'm going to make a career of this what's the thing you wish you'd known back then that you know now oh this is a really tough one I would say I probably I think I wish that I'd I wish that I'd known that I that it was probably more the horse than the rider part because I was too 
scared to say to people, I did horse and rider massage and I didn't want people to think that I was half like half-heartedly doing both because I'm really passionate about both. So I, I really focused massively on the equine side and then came to the human side later, even though I've been qualified longer. And I kind of wish that I kind of went straight in, like full steam ahead with both the human and the rider, because I think that way, I think I could have, I could help people a lot quicker. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? How often we'll sort of, we'll, we'll go into one niche or one area because we kind of think, oh, that's a bit more comfort zone or I kind of get that bit a bit more. And then something keeps drawing us to something else. And in the end you have to go, okay, fine fine <laughs> yeah fine I'll do it I'll do it and then normally you go oh god I wish I'd done that earlier I wish I'd yeah. you know wish I'd done that so um <clears throat> what would you say then is like so you do equine and horse sports massage or like you say tissue therapy soft tissue therapy soft tissue therapy yeah what would you say is kind of like a common myth or a misunderstanding about it? Because, you know, we hear all sorts of things about body workers, massage therapists, physios, chiros, um, you know, all these different practitioners of all these different things that people can do. What's, what's the biggest myth that you think that there is around what you do particularly? I think that people don't like there's, there are so many ways that you can be trained in all the different in all the different kind of professionals. Um so I, I think the biggest myth is that sports massage is just a little massage and it's a pamper and it and it is so beneficial to the horse. But it doesn't matter if you have a physio for your horse or if you have a chiropractor, they can still have a, those treatments and have a massage because we all like literally we all work together and it, it basically creates the best overall picture for your horse. Um, and I also think that some people don't think that um, equine sports massage therapists are qualified. Um, and I'm sure there are courses out there which you don't gain qualification, but the qualification I've got is is a recognised qualification. So basically, um, it complements everything else. It works alongside everything else. And it's not like because a lot of people think this about human as well. They think like, you know, yes, you can go and have a nice relaxation lavender, you know, lavender massage with some nice essential oil. And it's all very nice and calming and relaxed and zen. But actually, you can also go and have a really good deep tissue or sports massage and it's really beneficial it's not just a nice thing to have it's like it's so good for the body isn't it yeah definitely um and i think the other myth is about sports massages because when if you ever in, if i'm ever in it's always in a petrol station i always i do wear logo clothing and whenever i'm in a petrol station there's always a guy behind you who goes oh i'd like to get a massage massage from an equine sports massage therapist because you know they're really really strong because they're pummeling the horses and i'm like and i kind of oh it just just smile and nod as opposed to me going well actually it's not about it's not about the strength of me it's actually about the quality of the massage and actually if I was to like literally start pummeling up pummeling a horse all they're going to do is tense up and kind of move away from me because actually if you go nice and soft you allow their muscles to, muscles to relax you can get much more of a better massage from them um that's so true so it's really funny actually that I'm talking to you today because obviously if you were still in Surrey then you could do some of mine, but you're down in Somerset, so it's not going to happen. So this week I was due to have a chiropractor for my horse and me on Monday. He managed to to do my horse, but there were so many horses on the yard needed doing, he couldn't fit in the human. So that's fine. So I missed out on Cairo. 
So then Tuesday, I was due to have an off-horse physio session, which was great. But then that got cancelled for some reason. So I was like, right, that's not happening then. And I've got a little bit of sciatica on my back at the moment. And it's only mus it's like muscle tension. You know, it just it just all gets very tight. And I've been doing a bit of side saddle recently and things, which, you know, isn't that helpful. And then obviously, you know, ramping up the riding and suddenly doing stayaways and all these kind of things. And, you know, all the stuff that our bodies are now going, whoa, what are you doing to us? You haven't you haven't maintained us for the last, you know, since no. November I worked out, hadn't had anything. So I managed to get booked into my um, my gym, which got a spa and massage, and everything, a deep tissue massage. Do you know, it was the best massage I've ever had, actually, because although I was proper crunchy, like, you know, you can just hear the muscles going clonk, clonk, clonk. Yeah. Um, she was so good because actually sometimes when they really go in and I did say you go firm you know like I need I need this kind of sorting however that is sometimes when they put their elbows in you're sort of going oh so much that it hurts you're tensing against it aren't you and then and they actually, go relax you're like yes. oh, I'm, relax. <laughs> I'm, relax. I'm squealing here yeah um but this one was brilliant because she got the right the right you know there was enough tension to to be doing something but she wasn't like hurting I was a bit sore afterwards but is that normal then to just be a bit sore afterwards and kind of feel it or is that too much <laughs> so everyone, everyone feels different after a massage so some people feel like they've been like literally hit by a bus for like 48 hours and then feel dreadful and other people feel like they could go and run a marathon I have if I have a massage osteophysio literally any kind of treatment and I'm like I, I literally leave there going yes I'm gonna do everything whereas other people like my husband he's like literally 48 hours and he he's like it's almost like he's got a cold or flu um, and I think that's and that is it's just actually how how your bodies work and what your bodies need um but I always think that if if you if you watch your horse and he's had a massage you'll probably notice if you if you if you have water buckets in his stable or not um, automatic that he'll drink loads of water because they know how to look after their bodies. It's, it's inherent in them. Whereas we just go, that's fine. So I'm going to have, I have my massage. I'm going to go and have a coffee. going to have a packet of crisps. And actually, if you just want to have like loads of water and just detox yourself, you probably feel a bit better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was told to do that. So I did, but I don't coffee think I was ever really drink enough water to do let's face it. But I didn't go right. and get a coffee. I was very mindful of that. Much as I would have loved to have had a coffee. It's like, no, 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 I'll go and drink water. But it does, it really makes such a difference because, you know, there was a part of me that thought, oh, you know, a massage isn't really, it's a nice thing to have. But, you know, I was kind of hoping for the osteo or the physio. But actually, the muscles need it, don't they? The muscles in your body, they need they need supporting just as much as, as all the other things that we do. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one of the things that you can always, that you can do at home which is not not really massage related, but just so you can go and feel like what a massage would feel like. Is put if you if you if you are a cook and you've got corn flour in your cupboard, put corn flour in a in a plastic bowl. Don't do it in a glass one, just in case it breaks. But put corn flour in a plastic bowl. Add some water, a good level, and punch it. That is that is the equivalent of kind of massaging with some force. And then if you put your hand in really slowly, really really slowly you can get to the bottom of that cornflower. And that is exactly, that is how a massage should should be to keep those muscle fibres all nice. 
well, okay, we should all be going out and punching Corvette now. Thanks for that, Emma. That's not not quite what I thought I'd take away from today's session, but you never know, do you? Okay, Maybe so learning kids learning learning school because I did it to my niece and she went, oh, we did that in school, and I was like, well, I never did anything like that in school. No, we had and... oh yeah, no, much more fun stuff. <laughs> it just blew stuff up. Okay, yeah. so um, what do you think then? So looking back at your career um you know and obviously you do equine now and human you're in Somerset I know you you kept a little bit of practice in sorry but now actually you've realized that that was just quite a slog and a trek wasn't it it was really yeah keep it yeah it was really really hard it was really really I, I, the, the reason I went kept going back to sorry is because I loved all my sorry clients and they weren't really my clients anymore they were my friends um but it was it was it was tiring and what I was finding is that where I lived I wasn't building building any any clients down here because my time was planning my trip to Surrey. So what changed for you then? Because I know you're now, you, you know, you're really building your brand in Somerset now. You're, you're becoming much more successful. You're coming out of COVID, which is helpful as well, because obviously you had all of that fun to go through. And I know that that meant that you could and couldn't do certain things. So what, what, um, what's going on for you now in Somerset? What are you building? Then? So I am, I'm building a a, a good client base um I bought on which I had in sorry I had a, quite a few brand ambassadors from lots of different disciplines and now I've got brand ambassadors in Somerset and Devon because I don't mind traveling because I think people think I'm crazy in Somerset for traveling down to Devon um but it is like 50 minutes away but when you when you've grown up in Somerset I'm um, going up in Surrey and it's literally taken you an hour to drive from junction 9 to junction 10 driving somewhere for an hour where you haven't got any traffic is amazing <laughs> that's um, so true that's so true so yeah so how, so what what are you up to in Somerset then what's what what's the business so currently um, working again with lo lots of horses and lots of riders and actually it's been really great so since um the lockdown has eased um I've had so many more horse riders I think people have been a bit more on a bit online looking on Facebook doing lots of kind of online pilates and they realize that they need to treat themselves so I had lots more horse riders come to me for, for treatment um which has kind of got me got me thinking I am possibly looking at doing um well I'm trying to work with the lady at the moment so we're, it dates are up in the air but we're probably looking at going and doing a biomechanical horse day um to try but we're trying to work in how we're going to combine it all in with covid um and kind of with uh, with social distancing um horse day and possibly some some massage um and I do need to focus a lot on building my um canine massage base um because with covid I have a treatment room in my house um and I didn't ha so haven't had any haven't had any dog clients but I do need to kind of do some promotion for myself on that as well well, that's exciting. So the doggies get a massage too then. Oh, God, mine would love that. He would love it. Dogs, are, they, dogs, dogs love it. And I literally, I, I chose the dog massage because I don't, like, there are some days I don't want to be outside and it's raining. So to have a dog, a dog day where I've got a treat room in my house and it's like a December day and it's like minus six and it's raining or snowing, um, a dog day would be amazing. Um, and like, literally practicing on my dogs my dogs absolutely love it um the dogs are way more wriggly than horses and I just don't know I hadn't even thought that I was like oh yes dogs my dogs love it but actually it's actually harder to massage a dog than it is a horse yeah 
mine would wiggle something chronic but as soon as you realized it was nice you'd be like oh yeah that's nice oh i'll let you do this so what would you say then so so you you obviously you've got lots of, of you know kind of different strings to the bow you've got very background you've kind of moved counties and all this what would you say has been your biggest like career accomplishment so far then it probably is um rebranding down here because um obviously when i started my massage therapy um business in surrey i had like you go to a horse show everyone you kind of know a couple of people at a horse show you know a couple of people at livery yard and people people know you and you and obviously my vet had been my vet for like 20 years so he would you know he would just mention oh do you know him does this and and that was really easy really word of mouth but actually moving to Somerset where I knew no one was so so it was it was really really hard and I think I think it kind of it had it kind of made it made me dig definitely dig deep and I literally went to any kind of if there was an I was really lucky the tuck shop which is about three or four miles down the road when I first moved here and they were doing loads of talks so I went every month to one of their talks I didn't care what it was because I wanted to sit next to someone who actually might a one might want to be my friend and eventually maybe they want to have their, their horse massage and it is that that was a that was kind of quite quite deep and deep because I am really shy and I thought I've got to go um and it was really 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 nice because actually the people the ladies in the tech shop they were they I think I was like I don't know anybody I don't know if I should come and she was like no no come come and I think I made so many friends and clients through through that and um and also I had never the other thing I'd been I've never been confident enough to go to like a riding club camp and um and I was like I don't want well, I never went no one in Surrey because I wasn't confident enough and how am I going to go in Somerset where I don't know anybody and and that again the girl and the Emma who worked in the tap shop um she said to me oh are you going to the camp and I was like oh no because I don't know anybody and you have to share accommodation I don't know anyone so I'm probably not going to go and then she literally was like the loveliest person she went I'll share with you and you're going and, and I kind of went all right then and literally from going to that riding club camp for for two days I'm like firmed up quite a few good really good relationships and it and it kind of made me have the confidence to think gosh I've probably been missing out on all of this for years because I was too scared but actually sometimes if you if you have a if you are a little bit scared people people actually everyone else is in the same boat yeah, definitely. And that's just awesome. It's so lovely to hear how you made this move because it's what you wanted to do. Of course, it didn't come without its challenges. Everything does. If everything was easy, we'd all be doing it. And so you did that. And then you realised when you got there what some of the challenges were that perhaps you hadn't particularly thought about or you had, but you thought, well, I can't do anything until I'm there. And then and you went about pushing your comfort zone, you know, stretching that comfort zone in order to get what you wanted and that's what you've got to do to achieve something isn't it but that wouldn't have been without help and support so what would you say has been some of the best things you've done to get help and support along the way in all the various bits up to where you are today I think support comes from really right um really really close friendships and I don't like I know people say oh I've got loads of friends I don't have loads of friends my friend my friendship that was really tight but it is of, of core people who are really, really influential. And I think the main kind of backer between behind 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 me is my husband. He's like he is the most confident person, and he's like, okay, it doesn't matter if it goes wrong, it doesn't matter because you did it. Um, and I think that that is his attitude. He's like, yeah, just do it. And I mean, even when I was out competing, when I was out competing a lot, he's like, 
so um when you go to the competitions are you aiming to win and I was like no I'm just literally going and he, he I think it took him and I still don't think he actually understands it we've been together 17 years and I think he kind of thinks why would you go to a competition and you just want to go and have fun whereas he he's like if I'm going to go and do something I'm going to go and win it and he's like why can't you have that in your head and I was like well I don't but that's he is my biggest he is my kind of biggest kind of backer behind me yeah, as awesome, isn't it? Uh, that's so funny, though, that I spend all my time trying to get people to understand that it's about it's about the enjoyment of it. It's a hobby. It's a leisure thing. It's about going and enjoying it. It doesn't matter if you win. Winning's a bonus. Yes, of course, you don't want to go along deliberately trying to lose. That That's fine. But actually, yes, you want to do your best. And sometimes that will mean you win. And that's fantastic. And it's really funny when people don't understand that actually there's this whole sentient being involved apart from anything else. They might not want to do it that day. They might not be that fussed about it. They might not be on their A game. And you can't always go to win because you know, that 50% of the partnership might say bog off. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a bit about your horses and what you what you love about them and what you do, because I know you've had a little bit of a, a a journey there as well, really, haven't you? Yeah, so I have got, um, I've got Badger. He's 21. He is a horse of a lifetime. Um, and I think I probably say that he is perfect. He is not perfect, but in my in my head, he is he is perfect. Um, He's quirky and he can't be retired because he literally he's he he can't cope with it. He literally wants to be in work all the time. Um, he stopped competing um end of 2019 um, because um, he had hot arthritis. Um, and I decided that even though I think the vets kind of said, you know, he, he he'll be right to go to go to lower level. I'd rather keep him ticking along at a really really low level of just hacking forever than have them give him any pain or anything so he is my horse of a lifetime we've done everything we've been to dressage um the, the hickster championships he's done riding club he he has literally done everything he is quirky um uh he he's been he is he's just the horse of a lifetime and he's in my eyes he's perfect but everyone else's eyes He's not because you, no one else can get on him apart from me. Um, <laughs> and I have a new horse who I've had for six weeks called Marty. Um, he's a little Connemara. He is riding five. He has done nothing. Um, and he is a little superstar. We went to um, our first riding club. It's supposed to be a flat work lesson um, last Saturday. Um, and it turned out to be a jumping lesson. I don't really know if he's ever seen a jump before in his life. Um, and he literally was perfect. He was a, a really, really good boy. Um, he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of training. We've got a lot a long way to go because he's only young and hasn't done very much. Um, but he's he's a little darling. Um, and before that, I I did have had a few, which is where I met Jenny last year. I had a few kind of equine um, upsetting disasters. Um, which is one of my reasons why I, I didn't continue going back to Surrey for work was um, I had a little companion pony called George. Um, and during a very freak accident, during a lameness assessment for Badger, um, George heard the hunt, which weren't like at the bottom of our drive, but he heard the hounds. They're probably two or three miles away, but on the hill, and I assume that the, tra the, the sound travels. Um, he heard the hunt, panicked in his stable, slipped over, and, and like literally died in my arms um with the vet like vet there um we couldn't or that it was totally awful 
but for for Yvette to be there when everything happened made it a little bit better um, and that was catastrophic for me and it was that was probably the reason one of the reasons why I didn't want to go back to Surrey because I this is supposed to be my life this is my hobby um and if that had happened when I was away three or four hours away journey wise that it just I just couldn't bring myself to do that that's why I kind of gave up going back to Surrey as well as kind of trying to build my client base in Somerset um I then bought I then took a trip to Ireland to go and see one of my friends and I bought a lovely horse called Jasper um and he was going really really well but he wasn't building his muscles symmetrically um and as a therapist probably a bit OCD but I got and got the vets out we x-rayed his back and he had um, he had kissing spine um we opted for surgery because um the prognosis of the other other treatments they didn't believe were right um but unfortunately um after surgery um he developed um for bilateral fall and lameness um and uh, and the, the amount of pain that that he was that he was in we decided that the best thing was to put him to sleep because of the pain and the pain that he had in his, in his feet um and then bought another lovely horse um but I bought her too quickly um and she just me and her she, we weren't we weren't right together she's a lovely mare but she we just we just didn't we just didn't click um and I went I and then I originally went to Ireland before I bought Jasper looking for a Colmara and then fell in love with this massive chestnut so I decided that the the route was that I was going to sell her find her the right person to, that she wanted to get on with and and I, I would go and look for Connemara hence I have Marty. Awesome and I you know what I love about you is that you you're tenacious you don't give up on things but you equally you will change and flex if you think it's not right you know you're 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 not going to settle for something if you think no this isn't this isn't right this isn't what I want and you know so many people will have kept um you know that your recent mayor for instance and sort of gone oh well I've had all this these issues with horses and things I d you know the thought of finding another one and another unknown is is greater than the fact that I'm struggling because we don't click but actually you you have you had the confidence and you had the the understanding that there's no point being in that partnership if it doesn't work and so what would you say to people that are perhaps in that point at the moment of they've had heartache they've had things happen they've had bad luck you know, and they're in the situation again where they think, oh, no, not, not again. You know, what do I do? So, I mean, I probably, I'm coming from this from after kind of nearly being, nearly kind of having some mindset coaching with you for nearly 12 months now. And I think I'm coming from it from a different, a different angle. And it's because the way, the, the coaching that we've had is that, you know, if you want to change, if you, if you want to, you have to, you have to be accountable and if you want to change something, you have to work out what's what's the way you're going to do it. Um, but also, you kind of have to make sure that you've got the right people around you. And you know, if something's not going right, it's not all like it can just be circumstances that it's not right for you. But um, you can have people who who will just say to you, "Oh, not bad luck again." And I just think, "Oh no, it's not that. It's bad luck. It's just something that just didn't work out." You deal with the situation and move on. But um, and I think, I think probably working with working with you has, has massively helped. And sometimes I think I was listening to a podcast, someone else, um, and actually um, it was Piggy March who kind of said that she'd had a really bad 
bad, bad time up until she won badminton um, of, of just bad luck. And, and I think she kind of felt that she was tarnished with it. And she's not, and that's kind of, and I listened to that and thought, no, you're, no, you're, you're, no, that's correct. She's completely correct. She wasn't. It was just, it was just timing. And I think you just have to pick and choose the right, the right time. And something doesn't feel right for you, then it's probably, probably not. And I think what's happened with me and my mayor and now getting Marty, I have influenced a couple of, a couple of um, people who follow me on Instagram have actually contacted me and said, I see, I, I, I get it. And I, I'm actually, I've, I've, you've been brave enough to, Kind of go and get another another horse, a third horse in in um in kind of eighteen months, and I'm I I think you, uh, you've influ- you've kind of influenced me that I that what I what I have my horse isn't my me and my horse aren't right for each other, but not to say we're not right for somebody else, um and I think that that's really that really kind of made me go oh okay so I I wasn't the only person who felt like that, but for me being honest has helped someone else. Yeah, and it's a it's a really common thing in the equine world. In fact, in um, Eden the other week, um, I did a, my hour long, uh, you know, uh, mastermind live clinic, and it was all about goals and things like that. But one of the elements that was really key in there was it's about partnership as well in our sport. You know, you can't just set a goal and expect it to happen if you just keep working at it. And it's so so important that people realise that they aren't a failure. They haven't given up. They're not. Um, stupid or unlucky or not a good a rider if a partnership doesn't work you know if piggy french can say she's had some bad luck and things haven't worked out and she hasn't had the right match or the right partnership or things have happened that that aren't anything that she could have done anything about and even if she could might still have happened for her to be able to say that you realize don't you that actually it's just a part of this sport that we have got to just run with roll with and be prepared to to make those changes yeah and when you when you it's, it's you it's you and your horse but when you ride it shouldn't be you and your horse it should just be you're a, a collaboration of each other um and you have to you have to you have to work and and like when I was with Badger like literally I I know that when it, when he's I know what he's what he's think I can almost predict what he's thinking by the way his eye looks and I hope to get that with get, get that with Marty as well okay so one last question for you just a small one <laughs> uh, this can be in anything business life horses whatever where do you see yourself in 10 years time I still say I see myself as still um an equine sports massage therapist predominantly working with horses and riders um I do want to exp- expand the um the canine side massively um but I, I but I just want to help people so I wouldn't mind um maybe exploring a bit more of right horse and rider biomechanics so that I can get get an overall picture for, for to help and develop them much further. Awesome. So keep keep developing the business and keep growing it. And any plans yeah. for anything even bigger than that? Or are you going to be perfectly happy just doing what you do because you love it? Well, I well the other the other thing is that in it this is massively a pipeline, and we've got a if there's a bit there's a massive part of the journey to it, but. After kind of trying horses out, which which isn't isn't easy trying to trying to buy a horse in lockdown, what I've realised is that you get twenty minutes to make a decision to buy something that's vastly expensive, and you're going to spend hopefully at least ten years, if not longer, with the, with the horse. Um, 
and I and I really I I found this whole process quite stressful because at the moment there weren't that many horses and you had to literally go you know go oh yeah that one's nice right I have to buy that buy it because you can't wait three days because they've had nice horses so we're in three days why <laughs> so my um I would what I would love to do is to is to produce some young to produce some young horses um for people for but but just for riding club level for like for normal people because you look out there there are a lot of horses that probably are a bit too powerful for the for the riding club people but actually to go and find some really nice horses and produce them for riding club people normal people like me <laughs> wow i look forward to to that that sounds fantastic because actually you have got a background in you know you've been riding all your life and things haven't you so you've, you've worked with young horses and you've you've kind of done that kind of stuff yeah but actually to get to pair to pair a partnership up i think would be would be really really nice awesome well we will look out for that then so is there anything that you want to say to anyone or cover or or you know comment on that we haven't haven't covered at all today don't think so we could cover quite 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 a massive area of moving businesses and my horses um but yeah just like say that i am like as a professional um i am just a normal as i am a normal horse rider who's been who who has been there and I've been I've been through the lamenesses the hock issues so I when someone comes to me and says my horse has all these issues I I am really really sympathetic and I get it because it is so it is soul destroying when you have the one horse that you compete and you're not a professional where you've got you've got a string of horses so if that one horse is off for six months it's not the end of the world but if your main horse is off for 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 a long period of time like as a therapist and as a as a person I get it and I, I think that's I try and come across as as personable as possible um because I understand that people look it it is heartbreaking and it's and it is and it can be kind of soul destroying and and it can really really affect the like your 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 kind of mindset as a as a horse owner yeah absolutely and you know it's really nice actually sometimes when the professionals that you work with are also leisure riders rather than pros because they they totally get that that part because it's slightly different you know it is it is different like you say it's different mentality you probably got your one horse that you try and do things with and then when that one horse can't or you know you realize your goals with that horse it's not going to happen you've got the choices haven't you do you change your goal do you change your horse what do you do? Can you afford another one? You know, what kind of happens there? Do you put things on hold? And and it's very, very different to a professional with their yard and their their horses and their, their horses they ride for other people and things where I'm not saying by any means they don't have difficulty. Of course they do. I work with a lot of them that that, you know, have a lot of stuff. But it's really nice sometimes when your your professional support around you also get what you do and 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 that side of it as well. Yeah, definitely. And like and I get that people have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go for a ride because Otherwise, they're never going to make it into work. <laughs> and like, I and I and I get and like, I totally I totally get when people kind of say, oh yeah, I can only ride at five o'clock in the morning, or I have to ride I have to ride in the, you know I have to ride in the dark in the winter because I have to get to work. And I I like I totally I totally get that because I I've been there. <laughs> cool. So um, if people want to get hold of you, if they happen to be in Somerset, because this is the only thing there'll be loads of people listening going, oh, if only she was nearer to me. And it's such a shame when when you do. Um, a physical thing where you literally have to be physically with them it you know I do so many of these these podcasts and these Q&A's now where people go oh I wish they were nearer me 
<laughs> and this is where we need a good network, isn't it? So that you can recommend yeah. people that are nearer and things like that. Um, but if do, people do want to contact you, they're in Somerset, they've got dogs, horses, themselves, whatever that they want some support with. And, you know, they want to get the bodies going the best they can to do everything we can. And then we forget that bit sometimes. Who, how do they contact you? How do they get in touch? So um, on Facebook and, and on Instagram, I'm just um, Perlins Massage. Um, or you can look me up on my website, which is www.perlinsmassage.co.uk. And Perlins is P-U-R-L-A-N-D-S. Um, it means nothing other than it's the name of my house. <laughs> I was going to say, I was literally about to ask you, so what's Perlins then? Because I know you've obviously rebranded from being, you know, Surrey Equine Massage, which doesn't really work in Somerset now, to no, Perlins. So and I haven't had a chance to ask why. No, because when we, when we moved, we were like, what are we going to call myself? And if I called it myself like Emma Trace Equine Sports Massage Therapy, it just sounded so, so long. And then I just thought, my house is called Perlins. So if anyone tries to find me to come for a treatment, that's what they got to look for. So we just went with Perlin's massage. Um, I, I do cover as um, Somerset and Devon. And then my geography is not that great, but I didn't realise I'm really close to Dorset. So I have started getting new clients in Dorset as well. I love that. I didn't realise I'm really close to Dorset. Oh, that is fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Cool. Okay. So if anyone's listening and they're in any of those areas, or indeed they just want to get in touch and ask you a question or see if you yeah. know anyone local to them that would be, you know, good or anything as well, then they can they can get in touch with you. Yeah. And I am open to coming to come into other areas in the West Country, whether it's kind of Gloucester as well, because I've also realised that's only about an hour and ten minutes away. Yeah, you're you're actually quite central there for sort of the, yeah. the southwest aren't you i mean as always cornwall is the only bit that's like flipping miles away but then they, they always are they're a peninsula they're always going to be but other than that you're cool. quite yeah i think cornwall someone someone said but would you come and i was like well that's not too far it's just a bit further than pews and then i looked i was like actually it's like four hours yeah yeah anything towards cornwall is cool. four hours <laughs> doesn't matter where you're coming from it's at least that cool well thank you so much Emma it's been an absolute delight talking to you and hopefully lots of people listening in have have enjoyed listening to your story and sharing your journey and um we will no doubt hear more from you and and be in touch soon thank you thanks so much bye-bye and I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? Who got this?